Hey there. Earlier this week, we talked about building your own exercise program from scratch, something that you can really lay as a foundation when it comes to being active and build upon over time. And what we're going to do in this episode is the same thing, but we're doing it with building an eating plan that you can stick with for the rest of your life uh, and and lay the foundation and then make the adjustments as you go along. And this is a huge, huge topic uh, because this is essentially you stepping off of the diets, the starting and stopping where so many people are just really, really frustrated. And even if you're finding, air quotes, success on, uh, on the diet that you're following right now, you probably in the back of your mind are thinking, okay, if this stalls out, what am I going to do? Um, so, you know, this, this is something that if you've been trying to lose weight, this has probably been on your mind a time or two. And again, it is probably in your, on your mind some way or, you know, uh, somewhere to where if, uh, if things aren't going the way that you want them to, you automatically go back to this way of thinking. Uh, what I will tell you is that if you do stall out, the number one thing to do with that is just to continue to stay the course as best of your ability, as the as best you can, um, with whichever plan that you're following. Now, the difference when we're talking about diets and we're talking about building your own eating plan is that the eating plan is based around your preferences. So sticking to it and seeing things through um, is going to be much, much easier if you like the things that you're eating. So um, so that, again, is why we want to make sure that you've got the solid foundation because, again, all the things as far as like your meal frequency and even down to your food choices, there are plenty of dieters that make these choices and follow these actions and have the same meal structures as there are people that have taken the time to lay the foundation that works best for them, that fits in with their preferences. So it's really kind of difficult to spot, but it is a huge, huge difference if you're somebody that has built a plan around your preferences and if you're somebody that's just trying something that you think is going to work for you to where you're going to hit uh, one of those weight loss goals. So the number one thing to do if you're looking at this and saying, hey, I just, uh, I'm starting from scratch, is I want you to track your food for two months. I don't want you to pay any attention to the food choices at this point. I don't really even want you to uh, pay attention to the calories that you see at the end of the day if you use MyFitnessPal. And I do recommend using MyFitnessPal just because um, it's it's a free tool. The database that you can scan and pull from is is super expansive or is is has a lot of uh, a, a lot of um, of information in it. So it's it's pretty easy to find exactly what it is that you're eating. Um, and but what I want to caution you to stay away from. And I think it's better to um, stay away from these tendencies within MyFitnessPal versus staying away from the app because the thing is, is you're going to have to deal with a number of things, not just while you're building your eating plan, but beyond and throughout life where you're going to come face to face with previous things that have, have you know maybe been a trigger for you when it comes to dieting and weight loss. But two things right off the bat. One is calories. So seeing that number uh, for a lot of people brings up a lot of really, really uneasy feelings. And I want you, if at all possible, just to ignore that number and track for two months. The second thing, and this this comes down again to, to calories, is the target calories that they put on the app. 
Okay, so you put your information in, height, weight, activity level, uh, age, all that stuff, and it spits out a number for you to, to shoot for. Now, the way it's presented in the app is that this is an absolute. This is not an absolute. This is just, it, it's, it's a, an estimate. And that estimate could be a target to shoot for, but not necessarily. And the other thing that kind of comes off this when we're talking about calories and this, these uh, target numbers is they will put something on there if every day we're like today. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to eating, every day is not like today. Even if you're trying to eat the same meals throughout the week, you know that every day is different. And you know, just like when we were talking about building your own exercise plan, your eating plan has to, to not only be in line with your preferences, but with your schedule in your life as well. Because if you have something that takes a lot of, of time to prep meals every single day, and you're busy working a really, really long shift, well, if you don't have time to prep your meals each and every day, you're not going to be able to follow that plan. So that's, that's the number one thing with all this is it does have to uh, fit into your preferences and your schedule. So getting off track here a little bit, uh, but the things with my fitness pal, the things that I want you to not really focus on as much are the calorie goals. Okay. So really the calorie number in general, especially for these first couple months. And then if every day were like today. So those two things, if you stay away from that, great. But I do, again, if at all possible, I want you to actually use the app because you are going to be seeing things uh, through your day-to-day life that are going to bring back you know, previous thoughts of being a dieter. And the more comfortable you are dealing with those and being able to push those to the side and or ignore them, the better off you're going to be long-term. It's developing a skill. It's developing a skill of seeing something that used to be really, really negative for you and having kind of a take it or leave it attitude. Now, the reason I want you to track for two months without paying attention to calories at all is I just want you to see what your natural tendencies are. What do you normally eat for each meal? How many snacks do you normally eat a day? And then you know, start looking at, okay, what is it that I just naturally eat as far as a food choice? I don't want you labeling any of these foods good or bad because they're not. The, the good or bad reflection on food is all relative. You've got to have something specific that you're comparing it to. It's not good or bad. There's going to be some choices that are better than others. Are we looking at calories? And what are we doing? Are we looking at this as a meal that's going to be sustainable? In that case, I might want something that is four to 500 calories versus a snack that's about 250. If I need something to hold me over longer, I want something that's, that's going to actually do that. Um, you know, are we looking at this from a, from a nutrition standpoint? Are we and the the nutrition one a lot of times if you're eating food and I'm an actual food not necessarily and because this plays in with the processed food but a lot of time you know a lot of times like what are we comparing it to if it's the if it's actual food and not the processed then we want to kind of look at the uh, amounts of of vitamins and minerals that are in there we do want to look at if it's nutrient dense we want to see how much you know fiber it has relative to sugar uh, you know you always have something that you're comparing it to so don't just label things with a blanket statement of this is good this is bad it's a sliding scale and it's all relative it's all relative to what you're you're comparing it to in that moment so we want to remove the good and bad food labels or labels from food um Two months is not going to do that completely. You will probably still have things uh, pop up in your mind. Well, that's a bad food. I can't have that. Or that's a really good food. That's a super food. I need to have more of that. Because this is stuff that's been marketed to all of us for, for uh, you know, almost if not our entire lives. 
Okay, so it's never 100% gonna go away. But if you can take two months just to kind of try to untangle the dieting, untangle the stuff that you thought you knew. And by the way, there are people that do the diets all the time. They actually work for them because they fall in line with their preferences. See, if you pick a plan and the plan is done in a lab setting where everything's controlled and all you really have to do is show up and eat at whatever frequency and eat whatever foods, uh, yeah, you're most likely going to lose weight. And you'll probably lose a fair amount of weight because everything is centered around that particular plan and program. And every once in a while, when somebody picks a plan or program, it does fit in with their life and their preferences. So it's actually easier for them to stick to. It would have been something if they were building their own plan, it probably would look very, very similar. But it just happens that it so happens that one of the mass marketed plans or whatever plan is most popular at the time, because they all rotate, uh, fits in line with somebody's preferences. Now, if we're just tracking food for two months, we want to see what our preferences are, what our eating schedule is, and then we just we are getting an idea as far as what a range of calories would be as far as tracking this stuff, but we're not looking at that absolute number. That absolute number is a target, but what you really want to do after you've done this for a couple months, if you say, hey, you know what? I normally eat between you know, 1,800 and 2,000 calories a day or between 25 and 2,700 you know, that's pretty much what I, what, I st- what I stick with. So what you would do is you will actually set a goal. And that goal, let's use the, the, we'll, use the t- we'll say that, hey, I normally eat 2,000 calories a day, okay? So then we look at that number. We'll put 2,000 in there, okay? And then we want a range. So I like the range of taking 200 calories below, 200 calories above, So really, if your target is 2,000 calories per day, your range is between 1,800 and 2,200 a day. This would be considered a successful day. This is how you stay away from the stuff as far as, um, you know, trying to hit an absolute number, missing it by 50 calories one way or the other, and wondering how good your day actually was. If you give yourself some flexibility and you give yourself a range, you're going to see that you're having a lot more of of days that you're hitting within that range. And if you do that consistently over the course of time, you're, you know, this is going to be easier for you to follow. Now, when we talk about this, I think the number one thing when you're building your own eating plan is that it does have to be something that you can stick with. Okay. So I do want you to be able to follow it. If you notice, I want you to actually look at how many calories you're eating per day on a range and then picking a number and putting a, a range around that before we even think about trying to lose weight with this. But once you have your target number, because you and you probably have a smartwatch, like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit, so you probably have a good idea about how many calories that you burn per day. And if you're burning more than this number, this this range, this target number and the range around it, then eventually over the course of time you're gonna lose weight. And I will tell you, most people, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, most people are 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 burning well over 2,000 calories per day. Usually, if I'm working with women, the ones that have been really successful over the course of time are, are fairly active, and if we're doing the calorie tracking, it usually ends up being that, that 18 to 2,200 range that, we, that we're shooting for. Um, or in some cases, if they're not as, I mean, if they're working out regularly, um, you know, we're looking at maybe a 1,600 to 2,000. Okay. And then with guys, it's typically that target number is around 2,400. So then the range is between um, 22 and 2,600. So if you do that consistently over the course of time, in most cases, uh, you're, you're going to lose weight. Now, um, the numbers, when we're talking about trying to lose weight, 
uh, the calorie deficit is an estimate. And there are so many reasons as to why that's an estimate. On the, tra- on the, the actual information side, what's in the labels, what's on the labels is based off of an estimate. So it's not an absolute number, okay? And more importantly is that when you eat something, you're not absorbing all of those calories. So you and I could eat the same thing, and we'll say that it's 300 calories. You might absorb 270 calories, I might absorb 290, and somebody else might absorb the entire 300. So we look at that, okay? So even when this food is in our bodies, we cannot, we, we can't pinpoint how much we're actually going to be burning in total. So we don't know. It's an estimate. It's a guide. It's not absolute. So then the next thing that we have to look at is our fitness tracker as far as, as burning. These numbers are also estimates. Think about this. We have a piece of technology on our wrist. A few hundred dollars is probably what it costs. I don't know which model you use. But for what it provides, it's actually, it's, it's actually a great tool. It again gives you a great estimate, but it's not absolute. So if you're eating, you've got this target number that you're hitting, and you're um, exercising, you're staying active, you've got this calorie burn that you're seeing at the end of the day. If you're burning more than what it says you're than what you what it says you're taking in and you're you know tracking everything that you have, you are eventually most likely gonna lose weight. Now the thing with weight loss is that it takes time. And when you hear things like follow this program and lose one to two pounds a week on average, well, the more time that you go, the more time that plays out. So if you follow it and it says this plan on this plan, you can lose one to two pounds per week on average. That means over the course of a year, you'll probably lose between 50 and 100 pounds. Now, that depends on um, how much weight you have to lose when you start. And a lot of us, like if, if we have not been dieting for a while, we've really gained some weight, when you start doing this stuff again, you'll notice that you just, it, it does at the beginning, start to come off faster. And this is tricky because in our minds, We'll see that number. We'll be super pumped, okay? Say we lost eight pounds in a week. So we're like, oh, that's awesome. Now, we know we have not been as active lately, however long, how many months, however many years, whatever, and we're doing some things different. And our body is, like, adjusting to this. It's getting rid of, like, the, the easy, low-hanging low water weight stuff like that. That's part of it. The fact that you are going from just doing, probably doing different activities that you haven't done in a while so you actually are burning some more calories and you're making, you know, different food choices. So, but the bulk of that, of that initial weight loss is just your body getting acclimated, dropping the weight, and this is a brand new thing. Now, you can ride the wave of that for a while, but the problem is, is if I lose eight pounds in week one, even though I know that this is most likely going to be the biggest week that I have because I'm going from not doing Uh, much of anything, or really just changing what I've been doing, um, we know that that's probably going to be the biggest loss we have. The problem is, that's a little voice in our head. It's like, you know what? Maybe if I tighten this up a little bit more, maybe next week I can lose nine. Like, you see the number, and it's like, I always want to do more. Always want to do more. So, 
if you can write your goals around this, again, you've got your target range that you're trying to stay within. And it's just like the, the goals that we have for uh, exercise. Our minimum daily action is to stay within the range and have a successful day. And you want to do that as often as you can. And from a weekly goal standpoint, I would say I want to stay, uh, depending on what your goals are, you know, I want to stay within this range. Uh, seven days a week if you is, is kind of what you want because, again, this is based around your preferences. This is not a diet. This is not something that you need to go on and off of. You know, when they say you hear now that everything's a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle when you are the person building it, when you are the architect that comes up with it. In that case, it is absolutely a lifestyle. But if it's something that has been is, is a packaged program, packaged by, you know, mainstream media or people on the Internet or whatever, it's a diet. They just call it a lifestyle because the word diet has become so negative with all of us. So like, oh, you know what? Let's just call it something else. But the, the tactics and, and tendencies are all the same. So if you want it to be a lifestyle, you have to have a hand in actually building it. Okay. So we're, we, we've got goals around this. And I, I think you shoot for five or six days a week where you're following the way that you typically eat. And I still think even on those days, like while you're tracking, okay, because you're, you're still after you spent two months where you're just tracking. I think what I didn't say is I, I, I didn't say what you should do tracking wise after that, like how long you should do it. I think it's a month by month thing then because you start to have goals around this and then you just continue tracking. Okay. Until you get to the point where you're like, I don't need to do this anymore. Food tracking is like training wheels. You get to a point where you no longer need to do it. Because you can start eyeballing portion sizes, you know your meal frequency, you know yourself as an eater. And when you're not tracking, I think for many people, that actually changes, that, that, that is one huge step that changes your relationship with food. Now, if you stop tracking and you're somebody that does, as we, we've talked about with the exercise stuff, doing the progress updates. You know, w- when you get on the scale, also do the progress photos and do the waist measurement, okay? If you're going away from tracking... I would recommend skipping your progress updates for a month, at least. Probably two. I like doing these two-month increments because normally if you're saying don't do this for a month and it's something that's, that's diet-related, that in itself is a challenge. Because what will happen, this is why I want you to stay off the scale especially, uh, while you're, if you go, when you go away from tracking, or if, I mean, you know, you, you may actually like to track. Maybe you like to have the information. I know a lot of people do, Okay. But it's having that information just so you have a record and not to like, you know, not as as something to really fixate on. Um, but what I don't want you to do when you say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done tracking, then when you get on the scale, if the scale goes up, because it probably will, because what I don't want you to say, OK, well, I need to go back to tracking or I need to go back to this restrictive diet or I need to go back to that restrictive diet. I don't want you doing any of that. Because see, what happens is when you stop tracking, you're cutting loose a little bit. Just about everybody does. Because nothing is off limits then, right? You have built this eating plan around your preferences. You were just tracking for informational purposes. Then you had been tracking to kind of try to lose some weight. But you were still eating around your preferences. Well, what happens when you remove the tracking component and you just say, you know, do eat what you want? You're going to have what is going to be a short-term period, and I don't know what short-term is for you. I don't know if it's days, weeks, months, or whatever, where you eat more than you normally would. 
because you've been told forever that you can't eat this much food or maybe even that you can't eat these food choices. Again, I told you two months is not going to get rid of the whole uh, good food, bad food choice thing because that's stuff that that has been, um, you know, thrown at us for a long, long time. So you're not trying to necessarily wipe out the old dieter's memories. You're never going to do that. I want you to have a non-dieter's mentality. The memories of being a dieter will always be there. You're just trying to untangle things. So then when they pop up, you can be like, oh, you know what? I'm not falling into this trap. And then when you do fall in the trap, because that happens sometimes, you're able to take a step back, look at the situation and say, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. No thanks. Because what we're doing here is changing your entire outlook, your entire relationship with food. We're untangling the need for quick results, the need of of seeing good foods and bad foods. And we're building something that works for you that's going to be sustainable. Now, as you do this and you start thinking and seeing, okay, these are the foods that I like to eat, this is one I like to eat, you've gotten a pretty good idea of what your rotation is. What are some things that you like for breakfast? Do you even eat breakfast? What are some snacks that you like? Do you even eat snacks? Lunch, do you, what do you like for lunch? What do, you, do you even eat lunch? Dinner, what do you like for dinner? Do you even eat dinner? And the reason I say that is because meal frequency is, is whatever works for you. you know, traditionally with fasting, you hear a lot about these 16-8 windows, right? So people skip breakfast. Okay. You can just as easily skip lunch. Maybe you don't necessarily have to do 16-8. You know? Maybe 17-7 works or 12-12. Because see, what you'll find out when you're building something around your preferences is nothing is off limits. There is no optimal way of doing it by, you know, somebody, by what somebody from the outside says. It's about what you find out works best for you. And as time goes on, you'll work some foods in because they fit your preferences. You'll take some foods out because they don't fit your preferences anymore. They might be back later, but they may not. Or they might be like a sometimes nice to have thing. So I hope by listening to this that you, you really kind of see what it is underneath the actions when it comes to eating on a daily basis and see the differences from being a dieter versus being somebody that's the architect of their own eating plan. And that's really what I want you to be. So any thoughts that you have on this, definitely let me know. You can either DM me on Instagram. I'm at your level fitness. You can text me. That is 859-208-2334. Or you can email me. That is Daryl at yourlevelfitness.com. That is D-A-R-Y-L at yourlevelfitness.com.